0: all standing together. Sing this with
1: me. Oh, one day at a time, sweet Jesus, that is all I'm asking from you. Just give me
0: tonight Lord help me give me the strength to do every day what I have to do one day at a time we've got a few written requests tonight I think um, sister Samantha has got a a really bad case of pneumonia and is in the bed and and just needs our prayer tonight And also sister Debbie's still sick we want to continue to remember her in our prayers and also we want to uh, remember brother Donnie's daughter tonight sister Erica the Lord will just touch her and her body and 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 Brother Ron, we will continue to pray for him And Sister Vicki Tidwell as well And also I was speaking with my neighbor today And he had told me that he had been in the emergency room over the weekend I had no idea And he's got some kind of infection in his body And he's allergic to uh, all kinds of antibiotics And can't take anything So uh, he just asked we remember him So let's remember my, my neighbor His name is Joe So just remember Brother Joe In your prayers tonight if you will And I'm sure there's other needs If you'd just make those known by an uplifted hand, God sees our hearts and He knows what we have need of in the service tonight. Amen. Brother Jonathan, come lead us in prayer.
2: Amen. You're happy to be in church tonight? It's Wednesday night. It's time to have church. It's time to come together, put everything aside, and let's just enjoy ourselves tonight. Amen. Let's bond together. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, once again, Lord, we come to the midweek, Lord. Lord, there were so many things upon our minds and upon our flesh, and Lord, we fight and struggle every day, but Lord, we set this time aside, Lord, to come worship you, to learn of you, Lord, to feel the peace that you have and the comfort that you have, and Lord, to just step into a presence tonight, Lord, and that's what we long for, Lord. Lord, you see the needs that we have in the assembly, Lord, and friends and loved ones, Lord, you see the spoken requests, Lord, each and every one of them, Lord, you see hands are raised across the building, Lord, hearts raising their hands, Lord, Lord, something upon the burden of our heart, Lord, that we're seeking an answer, Lord, we're seeking healing, we're seeking salvation, Lord, Lord, we ask you, Lord, tonight to come in a mighty way, Lord, Lord, send your Holy Spirit, Lord, to each one of those, Lord, those that are not gathered with us, Lord, though whatever it may be, Lord, you would just speak to them in a mighty way tonight, Lord, and touch each and every one of us, Lord, and, Lord, bless Brother Mark, Lord, and the musicians, Lord, as they come, Lord, prepare this vessel, Lord, prepare this sanctuary, Lord, prepare each one of us, Lord, to hear from you tonight, Lord, and, Lord, let us not be shy in worshiping you, Lord, and touch Brother Joseph as he comes, Lord, and, Lord, he trains the word of God, the anointed word of God, and speaks to our lives, Lord, and speaks to our hearts, and just gets down into it, Lord, and uses it to bless us and encourage us and strengthen us. Lord, we ask you, you Lord, to just give us all the freedom to, Lord, get ourselves out of the way tonight, and you take full control, Lord. Lord, here's your church, Lord. Here's the audience. Lord, come be with us, Lord. Come worship with us. In your lovely name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. How many brought your sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord tonight? Because it is a sacrifice. I know everybody's worked today and you're tired and body. But this is for the Lord. It's not for anything else. So we need to remember that when we worship him tonight. I didn't give the media room this song. I'm sorry. But, uh, key. Came to me. Hadn't sung this old song in quite a while. Felt like singing tonight.
1: Well, some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away.
0: Well, I thought that number one,
1: it would surely be me. And I thought I could be what I wanted. And I thought I could feel all Hey
0: trust him more Oh, my
1: loving brother.
0: at peace it would be if you just trust and obey because we we want to fight it for for whatever reason but it's just so easy if we we'll just trust him and obey yeah. him tonight you can have your seats whenever ushers to come and receive the evening offering you just give to the lord and i know he'll bless you for that i wasn't aware but somebody helped me out thank the lord tonight that it it's uh sister irene miller's birthday so we want to wish her happy birthday she's watching tonight I'm going to put Carrie on the spot tonight and Matt too. Neither one of them know that they're going to. It's a new trio. We just started it 10 seconds ago. (laughs) So, y'all pray that we can get through a song together.
1: a mountain that i never faced before. That's why I'm calling on you, Lord. Oh, and I know it's been a while, but Lord, please hear my prayer. I need you like I never Oh
0: it takes, if it's a mountain, whatever it takes, Lord, to get a hold of me, get a hold of me. We need him in this hour more than we've ever needed him before. Reminds me of a little song, if you ever needed the Lord before, we sure do need him now. We'll have you stand with me as we invite our pastor to come tonight. expecting to receive something tonight. It's good to have sister Becky and brother back tonight. God bless y'all. You know, we missed you while I was away. There's a big old boy over there behind our sister Denise. Where are they at? are missing them. Good to have you back tonight. Amen. Well, let's sing this tonight. Please. Jesus
1: be the
3: Good afternoon to you. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Appreciate our musicians. I certainly enjoy that song tonight, Carrie. Sometimes it takes a mountain. God knows how to get a hold of us. Welcome back in the house of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, I'd like to go right straight into the scripture. Genesis chapter 3. Remember, the banquet's coming up, and we thank you for registering get the word out, so those that are desiring to come, want to come, they need to get registered so we can get things together, finalized, so we appreciate it. Are you feeling good tonight? Yeah. And praise the Lord. All right, Genesis chapter 3, verses 6, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food... That it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons." I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Has thou eaten of the tree? Whereof I commanded thee that thou should not eat? And the woman said, and the man said rather, The woman whom thou givest me, to me, with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord said unto the woman, What is it that thou uh, uh, thou has done, and the woman said, the serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. It seemed to be quite a scenario going on here, yes. isn't it? Yes. I will say it's a blame game, isn't it? Yes. He said, she said, they said, who said it? Somebody said something here. We're going to figure it out before the service is out. Yes. Do you love him this morning, yes. this evening? Yes. If you got a need, lift your hands up before the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, we love you so much, Lord. And we thank you for your amazing grace to us. We're grateful for this wonderful group of people who have gathered in the house of the Lord to lift up your name, to be instructed, to be drawn closer to you, Lord, as this is Wednesday evening teachings on the family. So we ask that you will guide our words and give us leadership as we journey through this segment of this Wednesday evening, family series, have your way, Father, in this uh, service. You see the hands that were lifted. I pray that every need might be met, Lord. We know that you're the supplier of all of our needs. Heal the sick amongst us. Mend the brokenhearted, lift up the weak, and set the captives free. Have your way, Father, in this service. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the church says, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Uh, this is uh, family the family part eleven and I particularly want to i want to give this don 't blame it own it by name All right. Come on. so we have been we have been for the last uh, three or four uh, on our Wednesday evening family uh, series segments we 've been dealing with uh, i believe we did two parts in um, with the uh, family leadership, uh, leadership and family, um, disciplining uh, family uh, in various ways, um, we realized that uh, we can't uh, discipline grown children, but we have shared different ways that we can help with that, uh, implementing certain boundaries and consequences. And I, I think we took two, uh, two straight services on that part, and then we moved on to uh, leadership and families on uh, exemplary life uh, uh, leaders uh, being role models, and I, I want I want to just sort of inject this message tonight because uh, when when you're dealing with such severe uh, subjects of uh, of discipline, and then you're dealing with uh, us as adults and as parents uh, being uh, responsible to. Have to execute in our families uh, to be an example. Oftentimes, uh, people, instead of taking uh, the sermons as directive, can easily uh, build up a wall or uh, pass the buck, so to speak. So, what I want to do today is uh, tonight rather is to just bring a balance on everything to let you know that as mortals, as people, we all have come short. In, in any of the areas that we have talked about. However, there is a way that God has set for us as Christians tonight. To be able to follow through with directives. And what he is uh, what he's bringing to us to help us in this life's journey. Now these messages are definitely not to highlight uh, problems. But hopefully to bring a solution. Because as Christians, we all know what our problems are. And, uh, but without a solution, remain, they, they remain very permanently in our lives. And we're not able to uh, go forward in our walk with Christ. Now the most popular game in the world has been played by every human being ever born. It's called the blame game. And most of us. Are experts in it, we become very good at playing this game. This is one game that all of us are, have become athletes over you don 't have to uh, have a natural instinct how to hit a ball or throw a hoop or or maybe kick a ball. but this is a game that every one of us are involved in and uh, I, I, w- I want to embark on this now we 're breaking the scripture shortly. You see, it is so easy to blame one another in time of family crisis. And this subject applies to every relationship of humanity. It could be brotherhood, it could be spouse, it could be children, it could be a Christian, it could be an associate, it could be uh, an employee, it could be every aspect of life. It covers every aspect of our lives tonight. To blame is in our family tree and part of our spiritual DNA. This is, this is something that we will see here tonight. We just read it from our text when God asked Adam, the first son of God, in verses 11, "Who told thee that thou was naked? Has right. thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou should not, shouldst not eat?" You see, instead of naming what he did, look at at just the fallen nature of man. Adam uh, went straight to blaming immediately. Now understand that this was after the fall. Before the fall, before Genesis chapter 3, we understand that Adam and Eve and the family was in unity, unison. There was no reason to cover anything up. But we understand that after the fall, this, this nature now becomes ingrained in every human being for every relationship of humanity. So instead of uh, Adam now naming what he did, God asked him a blunt question. And he asked him a very clear question who told thee that thou was naked. You see, Adam went straight to to what we call a default mode of humanity. He began to blame. And look now at verses 12. And the man said, The woman whom thou givest to me with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. Now understand that the first person. That he blamed was Eve. Actually, he called her the woman. Probably to distance himself from her. He knew her name was Eve. But at this time, he chose to call her a woman. The woman you give me, God. It's your blame. It's your you are to be blamed for this. You, you give me this woman. Never mind. God had already given her a name. It's funny how when we're angry and upset... How we we call different names, isn't right. it? You see, it was part of the fallen nature in Adam. Now, and he said, he said, "The woman thou givest to me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat." You see, he then tried to put his sin squarely on her. He wasn't taking accountability of. She didn't have a gun to his head. Maybe he didn't have guns back there. Maybe an arrow. Maybe a knife or something. Some form of threat to him. She, she offered to him and he took it. He had the choice to say, no, this is wrong. And I'm not partaking of this sin. But the Bible tells us that he partake is why give to him and he accepts. it. So the fact that he accepted uh, what she gave uh, put him in accountability to receive the same blame of uh, neglecting what God had uh, told him not to do. And she said, she gave me of the tree. And then at the very end, he said, and I did each. So now he is playing words with God. He's playing words with his responsibility and accountability. You see, what I've been preaching on uh, being a disciplinarian and uh, having uh, the role of leadership uh, is not to be blamed on everyone else. We are to be accountable for what's going on around us. It is easy for us to say, well, my children is this way or my, my, my heritage is this way or the, the matter happened like this because of this or because of the other. What I'm trying to drive down tonight, it is natural for us to move into this mentality of blaming somebody else. And the reason why is because it justifies us and makes us feel better. But actually, in the long run, there are consequences that goes with this. You see, it was almost like he didn't have a choice here with the answer that he gave God. And drawing from this scene, it's just as common to place blame on those who are close to us. It is so easy. Adam Adam does something even more Uh, 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 presumptuous and perhaps equally uh, uh, popular. In verses 12, uh, he says, The woman whom thou givest to be with me. You see, Adam is now playing the blame game with God. Not only is he blaming uh, Eve, his wife, but he's, he's pointing his finger back to God. God, if you didn't make me this way, if you didn't give me this woman... It's my nature to be this way. It's my family heritage. I'm like this because my father was like this. I'm a stereotype like my, 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 my heritage, my family. But you understand that God wasn't asking Adam of this. God was asking Adam to come clean with him. And the only way that Adam could actually receive healing and pardon was to come clean with God and say, Lord, I made a choice. I, I made the presumptuous choice, as Eve did, to partake of uh, this event. Now, if, uh, if you understand uh, nature itself, it's natural. And I, I want to ease your mind. It's natural. It is very natural to cover ourselves. It's very natural to try to keep that imagery of who we are before us. But you you see, I want you to understand that when a person has such a personality or nature within them, it only covers everything else up. It's not helping matters. Because I'll tell you what happened. Problems and situation in family as family leaders have a way of coming back up. And I'm going to show you scripturally in just a moment. If a problem over here has not been dealt with scripturally, spiritually, and in a right a manner, it has a way of surfacing uh, over in, on this hand. It may take two days, three days, I don't know, but it has a way of coming back up. Now I want you to notice, uh, Adam now just uh, blaming God, he first blamed his wife, then he began to blame God. He said, God, if, uh, if you wouldn't have given me this woman, I never would have done it. God, if you would have just done this differently, I would be fine. But God, it's your fault. You made me this way and you caused me to be this way. And God, now, he shifted the blame from humanity into a spiritual aspect Saints, I want to tell you this evening, that's very, very dangerous. It's one thing to blame. i not a human, but it's another thing to take it onto a spiritual aspect to where it's God's fault now. You see, the story isn't over when we read uh, this passage. And the blaming keeps going uh, in verses uh, 13 when... Uh, Eve answered God's question. And uh, he said, what is it that thou hast done? You see, instead of naming it, owning it, she started blaming. And she said, the serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. You see, what God was looking for was transparency from Eve. He wanted Eve to name it and uh, to own it. And to realize that it wasn't someone else's problem or fault. That it was our own uh, problem. And she she mainly needed to name this problem and to own it. You see, the only way God's going to ever help each and every one of us in our scenarios and difficulties in life is to be transparent with him. They say, hey, you know what? Pastor's been preaching on all these things. I've got to see where I've come short. I've got, to, I've got to name this thing, and I need to own it, and I need to ask God to help me and give me wisdom and leadership to bring about a change in my life. Yeah. She tried to attribute our violation totally to the serpents. And she said we read it. She said, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. You see, she had the accountability and responsibility to say to the serpent, God has said that thou shalt not eat of that tree. But because of her violation, she now is, instead of uh, uh, owning that problem, she is now taking it even broader and saying that it was the serpent's fault. Friends, I want to say that this evening is we have to be careful as Christians, as leaders, as parents, that our accountability is intact. Otherwise, Satan has found a loophole into our spiritual relationship with God and with our church family, our immediate family. It's a classic blame game. The devil made me do it. You know, we constantly want to point and blame the devil. Now, of course, the devil tempted you, but you didn't have to do it. Or if you have come short of that, you have the ability and power to say, God, you know what? I, I, I know that this is my fault and it's mine to take the blame. And I name this thing, whatever it is, and I ask you to help me and give me strength to overcome. Amen. Understand in book or passage here, Adam and Eve were making excuses as a means of avoiding personal responsibility. And as long as Adam uh, Adam could blame Eve, he didn't have to look so bad. And as long as Eve could blame the serpent, she looked like an innocent victim. And that explains many things first. It tells us that the tendency to blame others is deeply ingrained in the human nature. Secondly, it tells us that uh, left to ourselves, we will do anything to avoid taking personal responsibility of our actions. And third, it tells us that blaming others is often nothing more than a Subtle twisting of the truths in order to take the heat off of ourselves. It's so easy to just sort of twist that. You know, I would rather be with honest people. I'd rather somebody tell me they make a mistake. I'd rather somebody be transparent with me instead of pointing their, their fingers to this person or, or that person. Some, some people never uh, accept accountability of their actions. That's a sorry way to walk through life. Because no human is perfect. But I believe God wants us to have a broken, contrite spirit, a, a, a nature like a child that will say, I'm sorry, I didn't forgive me, God, and help me to get my path and my, and my thinking all straightened out. And fourth, it tells us, without a deep a sense of remorse and repentance of God within us, that we will do exactly what Adam and Eve did. Blame one another and God. You see friends. I want you to understand that. As we walk through life. I'm bringing these series. Uh, not particularly on any certain matters in the church. But because I see a letter of God. To bring the family back together. God is going to bring his masterpiece family. Back together. You believe that? But it will take leadership. To bring us back to that place. Now. I want you to know that the shame of uh, mess-ups often leads us to uh, not blaming ourselves. But it might be owned to avoid uh, further shame. Listen now, this matter has fractured countless families. It has has ruptured many relationships in churches. It has ruptured many, many Christians in, in this life. It's, it's, it is, uh, you know, I, 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 I can see as a pastor, I've worked with many of you in this church. And I can discern these things and, and I wonder sometimes uh, how do we push past life? How do we actually handle life not being accountable and as a good steward over what God has called us to be in this life? This matter has caused tremendous problems. A proven fact is 60 to 70% of people blame somebody or something for their problems. It's always somebody else's fault. When is it going to be your fault? You say, well, I want healing. Well, it begins with you. You have to name it and you have to own it and you have to bring it to the cross and say, Lord, I ask you to help me to overcome this problem in my life. See, look at blaming now. It trickled uh, down from Adam and Eve to their children. You remember the whole episode. I'm just going to paraphrase it. The rivalry between Cain and Abel in Genesis 4. Of course, we know uh, by revelation what really happened. But just to uh, portray how we blame one another. When ask, When God asked Cain to give an account of Abel, his brother, I want you to watch this response in Genesis 4 and 9. And the Lord said unto Cain, where is thy brother? And he said, I I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? In other words, whatever happened to him is not my fault. And don't blame me because you refuse to accept my sacrifice. You see, you understand how this thing will go on into life. and uh, Not only with adult parents, but uh, with teenagers and, and young people. This, this sort of mentality will just trickle down into life, into everyday life matters. Down to our, our, our work, our ethics, our relationship. As we interact with life itself, this is a serious matter that we must look at tonight. I want you to notice... Because of Adam and Eve passing the blame, this caused friction that resulted in their marriage. And now it's between their children. I've been showing you how these things will just trickle on down in our lives. Friends, I'll be the first to tell you I don't have the answer to our problems in life. But I lean on the Lord Jesus Christ. But I've had a few knocks in life that have taught me by experience certain key elements that has helped me to pass through life without having deeper wounds and scars in my life. Let's just say that every family is in some sense dysfunctional. The only fully functional home was in Eden before Adam and Eve's sin. Victimism is what happens when we blame the other people for our problems. And if we persist in blaming, then we wouldn't take responsibility and ultimately we wouldn't be healed. You see, God, I believe, wants to heal every one of us. We've all came, uh, so to speak, from our DNA, from uh, a dysfunctional uh, family, from Adam and Eve being the first family falling by sin. And this nature has continued on through life and it still exists. But I believe that the precious blood of Jesus Christ has given us power that we can overcome these falls in our lives. That we don't have to choose to live live the way we live, but to lean on the blood of Jesus Christ and invite Him into our lives by a remedy of repentance and remorse. You see, if you want to experience victory, we must get rid of our victim mentality. We must get rid of our victim mentality. We need to understand that we're not always the victim here. That we, uh, w- w- as, as, as mortals, as humans, uh, we, we we have uh, victimized others and perhaps they have victimized us. But we can't go through life with a, a, a victim mentality. We can't always play the person who uh, has been done wrong or, or, or perhaps... Uh, i have been the one that has that, that, been the severest uh, in, in this area. Now we see this in John 5 where we read about a man who had been an invalid for 38 years. Let me just give you some example. He was lying near a pool called Bethesda. It was known to be a, a clinical property, an area where people would come and the natural uh, minerals from this sea will heal people. Other than that, an angel would come down and periodically stir the waters. And the first person in the pool after it had been stirred would be healed. And one day Jesus, uh, seeing this man often there at this pool, he asked this man a very serious question in John 5 and 6. He said, when Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, will thou be made whole? It seems like a strange question to ask on the surface. But maybe the man really didn't want to be better. He immediately started blaming in verse 7. Look at the way he began to answer Jesus when Jesus asked him, do you want me to heal you? Look, Jesus didn't ask him about his problems or who hurt him or who has uh, done him wrong or has he been a victim uh, of a circumstance. Uh, Jesus asked the man, will thou be made whole? Listen to his response in verse 7. Sir, I have no man. When the water stumbled to put me into the pool for a while, I'm coming. Another step down before me. You see, no one will help me and everyone else is rude. Ultimately, is what he's telling Jesus. And Jesus wants to heal him, but the man must be willing to be healed. You see, it's not easy to stop blaming because some of us are very comfortable pointing our fingers at others. It's easy to take the blame off of us and say, you know what, all those messages that have been preached in the family, it's not for me, it's for somebody else. It's my mama's fault, my children's fault, the preacher's fault, the other church's fault. But we have to own it, name it, and own it. To say we want to get well means that things need to change. And if you want to be changed, then you can be made well. And I believe God is bringing us to that place where he is wanting to change us. He, he more is he more, more willing to, to make us well than we are even uh, 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 desire to be made well. It's hard for that to be fathomed, but it's the truth. You see, while it's easy to say... Uh, stay the way you are, it's, 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 it's dangerous and paralyzing. This man could have chosen to remain the way he is or to say, Lord, heal me. Yeah. God, it's nobody's fault. It's uh, whoever, whatever it is. I'm just asking for healing. But instead, he began to point his finger. I have no man. Every time I was step in, somebody else steps in ahead of us. And all Jesus is asking of us tonight to heal our mind, our spirits, and our bodies, and our perspectives in life is to say, Lord, I need healing. I want to be changed. Or you can choose to stay paralyzed. I love what happened next. Jesus said unto him, rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Then we read in verse 9, and immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. You see, people who profoundly believe they're always losers in the game of life have major issues. They endlessly repeat how others have mistreated them. They view the world as hostile and unfair to them. They have a hidden need to feel wronged. And to live by a childish notion that life should always be fair to them. Who told you that? Who told you life's going to be fair to you? Whoever told you you're not going to walk through life with some scars and a victim of life itself. There's no problem free life. There's not a problem-free Christian. I'm speaking to all of us. This message is for all of us as the body of Christ. Say lie to many people in life. You believe it, but well, we can stop blaming and own it by name by taking a look in the mirror and uh, start first by asking yourself: uh, in, in what way do I use blame uh, as an excuse for not? Uh, Accepting responsibility. Let me show an example quickly. In Exodus chapter 32, we read about how Aaron shirked responsibility when Moses was up on the mountain with God. He made a golden calf and an altar on which to worship it. And he was asked by Moses upon his return in Exodus 32 and 21. Look there with me. Moses said unto Aaron, "What did this people unto thee, that thou has thou brought such great sin upon them?" Check this out. Aaron excuses uh, was how quickly and watch watch how he did this. Now check out uh, uh, how Aaron excused himself quickly and cast the blame. And uh, you, you know the scripture. I paraphrase it now. Uh, for you he said he blamed the people for their, their poverty, a uh, corrupt act in verses thirty two notice he said it was the people's imagination. Never mind, it was him that created this uh, this uh, golden calf he, he, he blamed it on the people he said the people wanted an idol and, and because of their mischiefs. He blamed the people for their depravity. He blamed Moses for his delay. He said, while thou was up on the mountain for 40 days, I the people desire that I may have a, 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 an image to worship. You see, he even blamed the furnace for his delivery of this calf. And he said in verses 24 and and I, I, I threw all these. Uh, uh, the people wanted this uh, golden calf, and I, and I, and I took all the gold, the earrings, and the bangles, and I, and I threw it into the fire, and out came this calf. Yeah. It's silly how far we will go to make excuses, yeah. as if he had nothing to do with this. So we live in a society where people don't accept responsibility. A man. A man tried a stunt that required him to uh, swallow razor blades. He ended up in a hospital emergency room and had a huge bill from the hospital. You see, instead of taking a responsibility for this, he sued the hospital for subjecting him to harmful radiation during x-rays. You see, it's so easy to blame everything else on somebody. Amen. It's the hospital fault. It's, it's, well, it's, our, it's our own accountability that brings us to the place. Amen. And we need to get to the place that David did when he clearly confessed that he was wrong without shifting the blame. Amen. Look at first, uh, first uh, Chronicles 21 and verses 8. David said unto God, "I have sinned greatly, because I have done this thing. But now I beseech thee, do always iniquity, do always the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly." I love this. I love this passage because in this, David never gave an excuse. He never. Uh, for his responsibility or uh, for his stewardship. He he never searched for a way out to say uh, it was, uh, you you know, Bathsheba's fault for not pulling the shade down or whatever. David, no wonder God loved him. David said, I have sinned greatly because I have done this thing. You know, this is what God requires from all of us as Christians. When we come short in our responsibility as as family and family leadership, God wants to hear us be honest with Him and say, Lord, help me to improve myself so I can be a better leader in my family. Since the only thing that some people learn from their mistakes are how to blame them on others, let's stop doing that. Let's stop doing that. who, who, who's, to, who's to attempt to lead the way of their family are those that will accept the blame and own it by name and say, Lord, this was all totally my fault. I apologize many times to uh, my family, not, not over some mortal sin, but maybe a misjudgment on a matter, or maybe a miscall on a certain matter, but I realized quickly, you know what? Simply because I'm the family leader, don't uh, exclude me or expel me from mistakes. But I have to come clean in order for me to be a better leader. I have to correct where I went wrong so I can be better at what I do. What you notice in Matthew chapter four, seven, and verses four? Or what will thou say to thy brother? Let me pull out the moat out of thine eye and behold a beam is in thine own eye. You see as much as we would like to accept that we are fair we are square and we, we, we you know we, actually nothing is wrong with us. I'm sorry to pop your balloons tonight right. but we all are in the same place. Yeah. We're in the same ship. Yeah. We have to see where we have come short and fix the problem. Amen. We can't afford to blame something else, person, place, events, or whatever. We have to say that we have wronged and we come short and let God give us the strength uh, to move on. Amen. You see, as much as Jonah got. Got wrong, he was right to admit that it was his wrong that was causing trouble for the whole crew on the ship. Look at that, Jonah chapter 1 and verses 12. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto me, for I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. What a man! What a man! You can't go through life blaming people. You can't go through. You can't have the victim mentality. You'll never make a good citizen. Never mind a good Christian. When you have that mentality about life. You see God wants us to live upright before him. Righteous in his sights. Whole in his sights. We can't just walk through life just Uh, Looking for something or somebody else uh, uh, to take up the slack in us. We have got to tighten things up in our own walk with God. Own it. What is it? What is your fault? Own it. Then accept responsibility and make your marriage and family leadership better. You see, you can stop the blaming game and be a good example as a parent. Are you with me now? And how do your children see uh, that you handle injustice? How do they uh, observe you accepting responsibility? Or how do they hear you blame uh, everyone else? You see, we are a primary, primary role model of our children. We've been touching on it. And if we play the blame game... They will become experts at this game as well. It'll always be somebody else's fault. If we're not careful, we'll end up raising many victims who go to your life for blaming. It's the teacher's fault. It's the boss's fault. It's the friend's fault. It's the spouse's fault. And then their own children and grandchildren, never mind the church and the preacher. It's everybody else's fault. Yeah. So why are you so perfect? How come you're still here if you're so perfect? Amen. Amen. I would say when we reach perfect, perfection, we we are rejected out of this life. Yeah. And why are you doing why why are you here if you're so perfect amongst all us imperfect people? Yeah. There's gotta be some fault somewhere. Yeah. You see the old the old do as I say, not I do doesn't cut it because blaming is contagious it's very contagious it's so easy uh, to do it and i think out of fear people do it or to try to uh so to speak uh you know save a face that's one of the most deceptive saying and the biggest hindrance and poison to christians in this life saving face that's that 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 actually that that version A a, a lingua came from the devil himself. We don't save ourselves. God saves us. We don't try to save our face. God saves us when we come clean with him uh, tonight. Now God can keep us from blaming. It will take the way out and own our blame. Instead of falling back on the default setting and find ourselves, uh, find someone or something to blame. You know, we just tell our kids to stop blaming, but if we do that, they must see that we've stopped. Yeah. Right. You understand what I'm saying? We can't just uh, stop our kids and say, no, you, 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 you're not being responsible. You've got to take rec- accountability, but they're only modeling what they see because they see every time a problem arises, uh, it's not your fault. Right. So how can you be a parent without fault? Right. That's totally impossible. If you came the way of a fallen nature, you are a fallen person. And you're not a perfect parent or a perfect Christian. There are no perfect Christians or perfect parents. The problem is we've got to name it and own it. And say, God, I give it and I ask for help uh, tonight. We need to refuse to play the game, blame game by owning whatever we've done to cause pain, fracture, and shame to our family. Amen. Because they need to learn that life does not revolve around them. Right. Take responsibility. Yes. Some of us think that life owes us something. Life, life revolves around me. No. Life revolves around the whole body, the whole Christian body. It's not just you. You're not the only pebble on the beach. You're not the only one that's going through something. You're not the only one that's facing issues and trials and adversity. Let me inform, let me root you, rudely awaken you. You are not alone. There's a host of people in this room that are dealing with this. Now, I'm bringing this because I want you to understand, I just sort of feel like some of the messages I've been bringing is not really driving home and just really setting in like it should. Because I feel like there's a wall just went up, you know. Nobody's taking accountability for their, for their mistakes and their shortcomings and leadership and in these areas I'm talking about. But I wanted to inject this message to show you how severe it is when we shirk our responsibility. If there's no virtue in, in blaming anyone. You see, children don't become responsible by accident or by magic. Uh, we as parents, we, we enforce consequences. And they must learn that there is penalty in, 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 uh, in, in, in these areas uh, that they violate. But don't play the victim in the matter. Don't just play the victim of this. You know, it's, 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 it's a very narrow-minded way uh, to be a Christian. I'm speaking as Christian now. This is why people use all suffering as sorts of excuse uh, to backslide from church. Well, you know, they didn't treat me right. They didn't talk to me. They, they don't come to church for weeks at a time, and the first seat they find is sitting in the back because they're looking. They've got a chip on their shoulders. And then they'll write you a letter or text you and say, Nobody was fr- how can they be friendly to you when you're sitting at the very edge of the church and soon as, uh, someone say, let's stand, you're out the door. Nobody's going to chase you down to be your friend. Yes. The Bible said to be friendly, you must show yourselves yes. friendly. Amen. We have all kinds of crazy and silly excuses in church to blame everybody else because we want to backslide. You see, when children try to shift the focus away from their responsibility and start making an excuse or blaming, our job is to shift back from excuse to responsibility. Don't make excuses for them. Sometimes parents can unintentionally fall into the blaming by making excuses for their children. Can I give you a quick example? When you see your child ignore an adult, I hear a charge. Don't say, oh, uh, she's just shy or tired, not feeling well. There really no excuse for rudeness. And I see parents just make excuses for their children. Well, he's like this because she's like this because they're like this because if everybody will be their friend, then they're going to be better. No, it starts with us. As individuals, nobody else can help us but Jesus Christ. If there's gonna be change, change must come from individuals. Don't continue in blaming, own it by name, and God will bring healing. Let me, let me come to a place to try to just wind this down by 10 minutes. You see, it's difficult for some of us because we feel so much shame. And some of you blame yourself for the way your children are living. Uh, there is such a thing as true guilt and false guilt. I'm teaching tonight. I'm not in a hurry. I'm teaching you tonight as your pastor. True guilt is remedied through. The forgiveness of Jesus Christ. False guilt. Paralyzes parents. Listen. True guilt is remedied through. The forgiveness of Jesus Christ. False guilt. Paralyzes parents. Adam and Eve sin. God made the Bible said. A garment of of skin for them. And clothed them. And understand their guilt and shame and blame were now closed by God, but a death had to take place instead of excusing them which they deserve. God took life of a substitutionary animal in, instead, and the fig leaf wasn't going to last. you understand, no matter. What we try to do to cover up our blame, it won't work in the long haul. You see, Adam and Eve could not continue uh, just covering up this thing. It had to be exposed. Do you see what I'm saying? And we can't run away and hide. We can't minimize our sins and blaming somebody else. And won't take away, not won't take away our gifts tonight. We have to own it. We have to own it. There's sometimes I want to look at some people in the face and say, Quit hiding behind the fig leaf. And come out and expose yourself and let God heal you of the false pretenses. God doesn't want us to live like that. Don't blame it. Own it by name. Bring it to the cross. Because Jesus Christ offers a covering for your sin and shame so you can never need to blame again. You see, they didn't have to continue blaming God made a covering for Adam and Eve. And he said, don't blame anymore. I'm giving you figuratively. They were covered by animal skins. But literally, we are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. That we can plead the blood of Christ in our life. And say, Lord, help me to be responsible in my walk with you. You no longer have to keep blaming someone else or something. Just call on the blood of Jesus Christ. Just place all of your blames, as the Bible would call it, on the scapegoat of Jesus. He is able to remove to everything, every inferiority or shame or, or, or anything in our life that will cause us uh, from bringing the person that we are to a better person. I advise you to confess all your guilt. For true guilt is remedied only through the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Look at First John 1 and 9 with me. The Bible said we confess our sins. But he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know I'm, what I'm simply saying tonight? When we blame and we ship the blame and we, everything is someone else's fault. Uh, as parents, we will never be able to be able leaders in our homes. We'll never be able to pass on what Jesus Christ has given to us. That we don't have to blame ourselves anymore. But we can bring it under the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We brought their family from the power of God's forgiveness and the power of His blood when we choose to remain the way we are. In Ephesians 1 and 7, as our musicians get ready to come now, we said to whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of His grace. You believe it? According to the riches of His grace, God wants us to come to Him. Our family. Is hinging on our leadership. They're leading, they're hinging on us being disciplinarians. And I've given you scenarios how to execute these things well scripturally. They're they're, they're hinging on our leadership as role models to be exemplary lives before them. They're not looking for excuses or, or don't worry about it or just blame somebody else's. Your uncle's fault, your aunt's fault, your, your, your grandfather was like that. or your, your No, friends, there's no excuses. We come to God and we name it and we, we own it and we say, God, I ask you today to help me to bring changes in our lives. Amen. Otherwise, we choose to remain paralyzed like the man... At the pool of Bethesda. You know, he started out blaming him everything, but thank God for grace and mercy to right. turn his life around. And he was able to receive a healing from Jesus That's Christ. Right. I trust you're there tonight and you're willing to let me come into your heart and your lives tonight. I'm talking broadly tonight, and these yes. messages are going broadly. And to speak to you that God wants to heal you more than you want to be healed. If you have a rupture in your family, if you got a rupture in your heart, if you got some fracture there in your spirit towards God or towards anybody in this room, God wants to heal you more than you want to be healed tonight. You say, How is that? Because God removes every excuses of the blame from you, and He says, Now I'm giving you the covering for every one of your blames. You can bring it under the blood of Jesus Christ. Ask forgiveness, uh, changes will come in your life, and you will be a better person. I, I promise you this tonight. Let's all stand, please. My chains are gone. Let's sing it together. Hallelujah. I've been set free.
1: You've been walking down the same old road for Miles and miles You've been hearing the same old voice Tell the same old lies If you're trying to fill The same old holes inside Well, there's a better life There's a better life if you've got pain. He's a pain taker. He's a pain taker. If you feel Found ourselves worn out from From the the same old fight. And we've all run to the things we know just ain't right. Well, there's a better life. Sicker together. There's a better life. It's a better life.
3: tonight, hallelujah, you know, we just want to be better Christians, don't we, better people, better citizen of the body of Christ, I trust tonight in just these little illustrations that somehow I have just reach into your spirit and just pinch you just a little bit to realize that life is real, friends, life is very real, I'm real about life. I guess that's why my wife and I, we, we get along so well. We're very realistic, very, very realistic, sometimes too realistic maybe. But we, we just don't pretend, we, you know. We, we're not going to do something or, you know, plan something. We just don't do it. We don't say it. we just very, we, we never live in this fantasy of something. I've been around that too much. I, I, I live life with people who live in a fantasy. You'll sit down and they'll waste your time for hours and hours and hours. What they're going to do? Where are they going to go? How are they going to do it? And they never come up. You know, I, and sometimes it's annoying. But you have to be real about life. These sermons I'm bringing, I want you to feed on these messages because they're going to help your friends. I promise you, they're going to help your family. They're going to help your grandchildren, your heritage, and these young people that are fortunate to hear these sermons are going to be great parents. Because they're hearing instructions that comes from God. Are you willing tonight by the grace of God to say, Lord, I'm I'm tired of covering up. I'm tired of covering up. I'm not going to be like Adam and Eve and just blame and cover up, Lord. God has provided that sacrifice for us. Let's sing that song. I think I was trying to get you to sing it too. Uh, My Chains Are Gone. I've Been Set Free. Um, Let's see if we can do it before we go. I'm sorry. I'm always just giving them a few verses, you know. Of the. Of, of
0: <laughs> Amazing
3: grace, how sweet. Let's just sing a couple of verses. The rest Can I get a witness? I once was
1: lost. I once was lost. But
3: our heads lord jesus as we have come lord to the end of the service tonight i thank you for the privilege to stand before the body of christ and to teach the people from your word father i pray that the words that were spoken tonight will just become materialized in our lives in our lips in our actions in our everyday walk with you lord help us i pray god how we love you Help us be responsible people, good stewards of what you're teaching us, Lord, to execute the things that you're teaching us, Lord. We are children. We want to learn. We want to grow, Lord. Teach us the way of thy statues that we may keep it unto the end. Help us, oh God. Help us, Father, to have that childlike face to walk before you every day. Teach me, O oh God. Help me, Father. Help me to be a better uh, person, Lord. A better citizen. A better Christian. Help me, Lord. A better brother, O oh God. How oh, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for this segment of message tonight. And Lord, you know from the intentions of my heart, it has gone out, Lord, to bring healing to the people. May they receive the healing balm of the Holy Spirit tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the church says, amen. amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. We appreciate each and every one of you, and may the Lord bless you real good as you go on into the week. This is a um, busy week for us. We're looking forward to fellowship back here, the Lord willing, at the tabernacle, and I, I trust that uh, the Lord is blessing you real good. I'm going back here in, just my, um, in my catalog of sermons, and I'm looking and thinking, wow, the Holy Spirit really been putting it on. One service after the next, but, you know, you just bear with me. Amen. We're going to come out Amen. into the image of Jesus Christ. Amen. When it's all said and done, we'll come out glowing in the presence of God. God bless you. Remember to pray one for the other. Remember Sister Samantha tonight is just suffering from pneumonia and Sister Debbie as well. She's got a really bad, a lot of ache in our bodies and just uh, just fever and things like that. Just pray for the body of Christ. Lord bless them. Also, Sister Becky Gibbons, we've been praying for her as well. Remember all of you, remember the body of Christ here. Remember each other. We have nothing to hide from each other. We pray for each other. Sickness, whether it's sugar, uh a high level of sugar or maybe blood pressure issue, whatever it is, our prayers go out for you and holding you up each day before the Lord. So the Lord bless you, sis. Yes. We'll pray for him. Why not we just all pray right now? Just lift your hands in this direction. Maybe those of you watching the service, join with us in prayer. We're not yeah. trying to hide anything. Lord Jesus, you see Sister Shirley's husband, Jesse. You see his eye condition. Lord, the saints in their hands lifted to you in my faith to join with theirs. And we join together and we touch and agree in the name of Jesus Christ that you will go to Jesse, Lord, and restore his eyes. Bring healing to his eyes, Lord. You heal a bland man's eyes in the Bible. Lord, you, you, you told him to go wash, and he came back seeing. So I pray, Lord, that this prayer will go to Jesse and wash his eyes and give him a testimony to see again, Lord. We believe you. We join faith together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. You go believing. You believe God will do a miracle. We still believe in a miracle working God. You believe that? God is able to heal and to bring glory and honor to Himself. God bless you as you go tonight. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another, say good things about each other, and God will bless you for doing that. Shalom. We'll see you Sunday morning, the Lord willing.
0: God bless you. Little Parker's not feeling.